0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who have tuned in to watch today. Stay tuned today as we discuss this subject A Good Man But Lost. A Good Man but lost I hope you'll stay tuned now today on our telecast we're going to be offering a free Bible correspondence course thousands of people are already studying the course we want you to have it that you might know more how to receive the course and and uh, we want to pause for just a moment
0: to help you in your study of the Bible we want to send you this Bible correspondence course this course is non-denominational it's based on the Bible It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: read now from Matthew chapter 19. And uh, this is one of the interesting incidents in the life of our Lord. Reading Matthew chapter 19, I'll start reading in verse number 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbors yourself. The young man said to him, all these things have I kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But well, when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, I want you to think about the story here, that there was a person who came to Jesus and asked Jesus, now, Good, good teacher of what I need to do to have eternal life and Jesus said now why are you calling me good there's only one person good that's God but he said if you want to enter into life then well what you need to do friend is you need to keep the commandments and so he asked which ones and Jesus told him some of them and the man says well I've been doing all of that since I was a child is there anything else I need so Jesus said, yes, in essence, uh, he said, well, what you need to do, if you want to enter into life, you've got to go sell what you have and give it to the poor, and you come and follow me. And this is a sad statement. When the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Here's a young man that came to Jesus. But the fact is, Jesus couldn't save this young man. Well, why was that? Why was it that Jesus could not save him? Was was it because Jesus didn't have the power to save him? Well, Jesus got the power to save. Yes, indeed. Hebrews 7.25 says he's able to save to the uttermost. And Jesus Christ had the power to save him just like he's got the power to save today. Well, did the Lord not save this young man because he didn't love him? Well, according to Mark's account of this, in Mark chapter 10 and 21, the Bible says that Jesus beholding him loved him. He did love him. So it wasn't because he did not love him. He, He loves all people. In John 15, and verse 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Romans 5 and 8 reads, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he loved him, but he still couldn't save him. Well, now, was he unable to save him because he didn't want to save him? Well, that's not the case. The reason Jesus came into the world was to save people. Luke 19 and 10 tells us the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. In Matthew 1 21 it says, Call his name Jesus for he saved his people from their sins. And Jesus came to save all mankind. He is a propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John chapter 2, and verse 2, that just simply means that God sent Jesus to save all people. But he couldn't save this man in spite of the fact that he wanted to save him. Now let's think about some things about this young man. First of all, he came running to Jesus. If you go back over to Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says there that he, he came running up to the Lord came with a great deal of eagerness. The fact is, a lot of people run away from him. Instead of running to him, they run away from Jesus. In John chapter 6 and verse 66, Jesus had some disciples who ran away. They turned back, walked with him no more. In John 5 and 40, Jesus said that uh, there were those that uh, would not be saved because they rejected him. And they, they, they were running away from Jesus. But then this young man, to his credit, came to Christ. He came running to Him. He also had humility. If you read again Mark's account in verse 17 of Mark chapter 10, it says that he kneeled to Him. So when he came to Jesus, he... He showed how humble he was by he, he kneeled down in the presence of our Lord. You see, people that are proud and arrogant are not going to be blessed. Oh, no. So Solomon said, pride goes before a destruction and a haughty spirit goes before a fall. Have you ever seen that fail? Here, here's a person, they're... they're they're arrogant, they're boastful. And if you will follow the life of that individual, eventually they will be brought down. The Bible is always true on that point. And so this young man was not like that at all. He, He humbled himself. And it's not until you kneel down at Jesus' feet that we're going to be saved. But in spite of the fact that he knelt, the Lord still couldn't save him. This young man was a man of courage. All people in Jesus' day did not have the courage to come to him. But this young man did. We read about some who did not in John the 12th chapter. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess him, lest they be put out of the synagogue. For the love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Here were people who did not have courage to stand up for what was right. And we need to have the courage today to stand up. But in spite of the fact that this young man had enough courage to come to Jesus, the Lord still could not save him. And this young man was a young man of discernment. In Matthew 19 and 16, he called Jesus good teacher or good master. And Jesus said there's only one good, and that's God. And and so this young man was able to discern goodness when he saw it. And we ought to be people of discernment as well. According to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14, we ought to be able to discern between what's right and wrong, what's good and evil. And so this young man could discern, but still the Lord couldn't save him. Don't you find that strange? And then something else about this young man that he had a very religious background. In the 20th verse, after Jesus told him to keep the commandments and he asked which ones, and Jesus said, well, you don't murder, you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you don't bear false witness, you honor your father and mother, you love your neighbor. And the young man said, I've been doing that since I was a child. See, he evidently he had been taught those things. He had a very good religious background. Time to teach children is when they're young. That's the time to teach. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy mind. The word which I commanded thee this day shall be your heart. You shall teach it diligently to your children. And the time to teach with diligence to our, is when our children are young. They're pliable. They're like clay in a hand that can be molded. But after a while, that clay may begin to harden, and it'd be too late. And so this young man had been taught, had a good religious background. We ought to give our children a good religious background, to bring them up, as Paul described in the fourth verse of Ephesians 6, in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. But there's something else about this young man that was good. That is, he had an interest... In eternal life. Notice in verse 16 What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Eternal life. Well, now he 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 was asking the right question. He had an interest, eternal life. Notice in verse 21. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven. To have eternal life and to have treasure in heaven evidently must mean the same thing. But then again, look in verse number 23. assuredly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Eternal life, the kingdom of heaven, and treasure in heaven must all refer to the same thing. And so he had an interest in eternal life. But this young man would not be called an infidel. He was a believer. And yet the Lord could not save him. Now I want us to think about all of this. Jesus came, and this young man came to Jesus. And he asked, what do I need to do to that I might inherit eternal life? And he was such a good young man. I suppose that if he were to live in in your city, you would refer to him as one of the finest young men that, that, that lives in our community. Fine young man. But in spite of the fact that he had all of these good traits, he turned away and went away sorrowful. What was the problem? Why did he turn away from Jesus? Was it because he couldn't understand Jesus? No. Well, was it because that Jesus did not want to save him? No. But here is the problem. He was, his sorrow was a sorrow of the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and 10 talks about a godly sorrow that worketh unto salvation, but there is a sorrow of the world that works to death. You see, his was not a godly sorrow. He went away sorrowful, but it was not a godly sorrow. And this young man bent his knee, that is, he knelt to Jesus, but he refused to bend his will. He did not want to do what the Lord told him to do. The fact is, heaven is closed to people that will not do His will. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 14 says, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, enter in through the gates into the city. You see, the person that will enter in through the gates into the city is the person that will do what Jesus said. This young man just wouldn't do it. In Matthew 7, 21, Christ asked, Why call you me Lord, Lord? Do not the things that I say. And so Jesus Christ requests that we do what he says. He doesn't just request it, he commands it. And so we must do what the Lord said. But this young man wouldn't. He bent his knee, he would refuse to bend his will. He bent his head but he did not bend his heart. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You see, the problem was really a matter of the heart, wasn't it? His heart was not right. And he bowed down to the God of gold and not to the God who made the goal. He bowed down to mammon, and he refused to bow down to Jesus as his master. How many people do you suppose are like that rich young ruler today? When Jesus said, go sell what you have and, and give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven... Somebody says, Brother Lambert, do you really think the Lord wanted him to sell everything that he had? Well, he told him to sell everything that he had. Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, do you think that that we have to sell everything that we have today? Here is the point Jesus was making. You must remove the obstacle that stands between you and him. And the man's wealth stood between him and Jesus. There was an English preacher by the name of Robert Hall. And one day Robert Hall talked about the the relationship that we should have to the money that we have been blessed with. There was a man who came to him after he finished speaking, and and he challenged Mr. Hall on his sermon. Robert Hall uh, just uh, sort of sized this man up as being in bondage to the love of money. So Mr. Hall reached into his pocket and he pulled out a half-sovereign and he found the name of God on the page in his Bible. And he pointed to the word God and he asked that man, Can you see that? The man says, Yes. He said, What do you see? He said, I see God. And then Mr. Hall took that half-sovereign and he placed it over the name of God on the page of his Bible. And he said, can you see the name of God now? And the man said, no, I can't. It was the love of money that hid the face of God from that man. And it was the love of his possessions that hid the face of the Lord From the life of this man, he went away sorrowful and he forfeited eternal life, he forfeited treasure in heaven, he forfeited entering the kingdom of heaven for the treasures that he had. What stands between you and Jesus? It may be an addiction. It may be a habit that you have. It might be a relationship. It might be your language. It might be an attitude. You may hold resentment in your heart. Those are things that can become barriers to our being in a relationship with Jesus. So again, ask what stands between you and the Lord we need to know that God would have all men to be saved and that He would have all men to come to a knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. He wants you saved. This man went away sorrowful. Please don't go away from Jesus today. But I encourage you to come to Him as a believer in Him, believing with all of your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. I would encourage you to come to Him today. Come running to Jesus, being willing to repent of all your sins. Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Luke chapter 13, verse 3. And come today, willing, eagerly, to confess the sweet name of Jesus Christ, the sweetest name on mortal tongue. Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before man, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. And then, with anticipation, be willing to be immersed in water, baptized into Christ, into his death, that your sins be washed away, in His blood. Romans six four. Why tarriest thou rise and be baptized? Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts twenty two sixteen. And the Lord then will add you, to the church which is His family. Acts two forty seven. Now would you be willing to do that? Is there something that stands between you, and the Lord? God wants to save all people. People are not going to be lost because God doesn't love them. Men are not going to be lost because the, the number of people that can be saved is fixed and set in concrete. You know, there are some people that are just going to be a certain number of people saved and that, that number and no more. But God would have all men to be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He he died for all mankind. So you're not going to be lost because God doesn't love you. You're not going to be lost because you can't understand what to do to be saved. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, you can know the truth. You can understand the truth. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There's not much difficult about that, is it? That's just as simple as one, two, three. He that that believeth one, is baptized two, shall be saved, number three. He that believeth not shall be damned. And so you're not going to be lost because you could not understand. You're not going to be lost because you couldn't hold out and live in the Christian life. I've actually had people tell me that. They say, Brother Lambert, i would become a Christian but I just don't think I could hold out and live in the life. Well, you'll never know, will you? You'll never know. But when a person says that, they are reflecting upon the goodness and faithfulness of God. Because the Bible teaches, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So if we're lost, it's not going to be because we can't hold out. God will help us, and He will give us a way to to deal with the temptations that we have uh, and come our way and live in the Christian life. You see, if people are lost, the reason they will be lost is they do like this young man. They go away from Jesus. They reject Jesus. They turn away from Jesus. John 5 and 40, You would not come unto me that you might have life. You would not, you would not come unto me. And there are people that refuse to come to Christ today. They, they do not see the need for Jesus today. And the reason men are lost is because they reject him. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem, a place where he did more teaching than perhaps any other place in all of the world. And in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, Jesus said, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered you to gathers a hen, gathers a chickens under a wing, but you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Is your life going to be left desolate? Because when you had the opportunity to get your life right with God, you refused to do it. This young man had opportunity, but he just blew it. And I'd plead with you not to gamble with your soul. You know, life is precious. But it doesn't last forever. And we have some options in life. And we have options about the end of life. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, wide is a gate, broad is a way that leadeth unto destruction, many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. The way to heaven, the way to heaven is a narrow way. That simply means that we cannot go without leaving on the outside those things that would prevent us from going. I ask again, would you not come to Christ and obey Him today? Now, in the closing moments of our telecast today, let me give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You will find people who will assist you in obeying your Lord. Also, right now, pick up the telephone without hesitation. Call now for the free Bible correspondence course. Do that today. It can be the single greatest thing you've ever done for yourself. Your soul is at stake. Please do it today. There's no cost. Again, I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.
0: Give me the more.